All right, welcome everyone to the Truth Hoops podcast. Myself and Shane here today. Yes, sir. We got some fun topics. Our first topic we're going to dive into is on the idea of effectiveness. We talk about conditioning. What does conditioning actually mean? Are we doing the right drills? Should we actually condition someone before they go into a skill session? And at the end of the day, are we really approaching this in yep. the right mindset? Are we trying to be effective or are we trying to just get things done? After that, we're going to dive into two bonus topics here. We have the, um, the gosh, you guys might not be Pokemon fans. I was a Pokemon fan. We have a guess that Pokemon or guess that basketball player in this case, where Shane rattles yep. off a couple of players and their stats. And I try and guess who they are because I'm a self-proclaimed uh I know her of all when it comes to former college yep. basketball players. And last but not least, we end with a Disney Channel original movie draft. Why not? Because it's awesome. Why not? It? Let's do it. And let's just say Shane's first draft pick might have been one of the biggest busts of Elite. all time, but that's okay. No. <laughs> um, I make up for it very well. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening. And let's hop into it. Topic I see in basketball and something I see in coaches and stuff that overlaps into my world of performance is the conditioning side of things. I was watching Luka Doncic play there tonight. Yeah. People get all worked up about conditioning because they say Luka's never in shape. Um, looks tired. He looks tired. And then so we see coaches good. and really, true. We see coaches try and condition players. Have you ever had a coach who has made you run in practice for the sake of conditioning and then said like, we got to get our wind back. Whichever, yeah. whatever the heck that means, even though you play a game like three days from now in the middle of the season, is that something yes. you've come across? Yes, I've I've come across lots of those situations. And you you know when coach kind of comes in upset and you're like, yep, we're going to run today. And you already know. And you just wait for that first mistake to happen. And it's like, beep, on the line. Say, yep, felt so, this one coming. As a skills trainer, how do we tackle the the importance of conditioning? Because – that I know that we have like the basketball coaches who just make you run, yeah. but yeah. outside of that conditioning, which we don't typically agree with that kind of running, right. What is the kind of conditioning you do agree with in terms of stuff that you can do for you and your players to get them in better shape. And what does yeah. that, what might that look like? Man, the first thing that comes to my head is, is playing like obviously with a purpose, not just fives, but some threes and some ones and some twos. I feel like that's a great way just to kind of get in the flow of moving like a basketball player playing defense. Um, I don't know. I, to me, What's, to me playing, playing helps. Um, but how do you define condition? Yeah. And you say, we're going to do conditioning player comes up to you, got a parent. They say, mm -hmm. Hey, our, our, you know, our kid I got to get in shape. Got to get in shape. We got to get in condition. How do you define? I, I feel like people. I feel like people are the, the first thing they think about is just being able to like breathe, right? Like cardiovascular conditioning. I feel like is the first thing that comes to mind. Being so able you, to. How do you define it? Not you, lose your breath. How do I define it? I don't yeah, know. I, a, I don't know. This is a it's an interesting topic. I think. Uh, oh, I always felt like I cardiovascularly I was okay, um, but my legs would get tired. Like my, my legs would just feel like, like that burning feeling. You know what I mean? That's to me when I got the most tired, me breathing. Yeah. I don't know. It was like, there were some bad days for sure, but like, I don't know. I always felt like when I was in shape, my legs didn't get as tired as quickly, whether we're doing sprints or whatever, but those were, that's, that's off of sprints and stuff like that. So I don't know. What do you think? 
Well, I, I can give you a full, long-winded okay. scientific yeah. answer to this. But my question is, why do you think yeah. we don't actually, I say we, uh, like most coaches or even skills persons to put you on the spot, mm-hmm. like look into yeah. that. I always find it interesting. I'm not saying you don't, but I'm someone right. who I, I like to learn all sides of the coin. And it seems like for sure, sometimes the physical side, even though we interact with it so much as if your skills yeah. or your coach, you just leave it to like a very nondescript nature. Like, Oh, be in better shape, be in better right. condition. My legs burn. And like things yeah, like that. We don't, a- we don't really dive into it. I, I don't know. I, as a player conditioning was always just running, just like running to get in shape. That's what it always was. Um, I don't really know outside of like maybe playing and doing like weights. I don't know. I've never really been put through anything other than just running to get in shape for basketball, like lines, uh, you know, whatever it is. Interesting. Yeah. Well, being in shape, the, the strict definition I'd give it condition is dependent. What are you trying to do? Right. I am playing X number of minutes and my role within those X number of minutes is to do these number of sprints, these number of jumps, shoot this, run this, pass this. And conditions relative to can I do that? And over a period of time, how little decrement can I have in my performance due to my physical abilities? So sure. someone who's not very conditioned to speak and they go and talk for an hour and a half at a mm. lecture, they'll have yeah. a sore throat. You've probably had that before if you had to go run a camp. Oh, yeah. But the yep. more you get used to talking, the more conditioned you are. And so you can right. almost think of conditioning as your ability to do something relative to the total demand it places on your body to maintain that. And so if you think about it, think about it in terms of two systems, there's a system of what you're currently doing and there's a system below that system that supports it. A very easy example of that is you think about an engine and you think about fuel. Now you might be going the same speed if you have a Prius or you have an F-150, but the amount of fuel being used between the Prius and the F-150 is very different, even though they're both going 50 miles an hour. So the Prius is more conditioned to sustain longer outputs at 50 miles an hour. But the F-150 can pull a Prius easier than a Prius can probably pull a Prius because the way the F-150 is built, the torque, the tow capacity. And so it's conditioned to carry load and pull load. And so in that case, going somewhere else. Yeah. Well, that, well, let me go. Yeah. To an extent, but essentially we have two systems, right? We have a system where we have to have an output that is pull something or go a certain speed. And then we have a system that supports that system in the same way your body works. If you have someone to say, Hey, we're going to go play basketball for 10 minutes. Very rarely are you going to run into a situation where a kid can't physically play basketball for 10 minutes. So they all complete the task of playing basketball for 10 minutes. The question is at what cost will they complete that task? Are they going to be someone who does that? And it takes two days to recover because they had to tap into where you can think of deep reserves of fuel to get through it. Or is it someone who can do that and play again two hours later? And so Mm -hmm. when you start to think about condition, it's not just a completion of a task, but it's completion of a task relative to what I have to do in repetition afterwards. Can I do it again? Repeatability of it. And also the decrement of it. If I play 10 minutes in my eighth, ninth, and 10th minute, does my shooting percentage go down because of my physical demand placed on me to maintain the ability to play the game of sport, game of basketball? And so that's like the definition of conditioning. And within that, you have people who have issues with conditioning inside the game of basketball. 
like an example is if you've ever had to play big man before and you're not a big man, it's very different to constantly bump people and hit people. Mm -hmm. And it's way more fatiguing than if you are a big man because you're not conditioned to be a big man. In the same way, Mm -hmm. if a big man had to play point guard, they would get tired very quick as well. And so it's not just the actual plane of the sport. It's the demands of the sport and what you're encountering positions. And so why, so I don't want to cut you off because you're killing it. Go ahead. Why, why does my biggest pain point and all my teammates are when the bigs couldn't make the conditioning test and we all had to do it again, right? Had to get to this line, this line, this line back in a certain amount of seconds, the bigs were always last. And you're like, dude, you got to get back. And it's like, that's not their, that's not maybe what they should be even being conditioned to do in the first yeah, place. When was the last time a big man had to run at near maximal speeds, stop and turn and perform the same demands as that of a guard? Right. Typically so, a big man will have an initial stride out. They'll yeah. take first, maybe sprint the lane initially. They'll yeah. slow down and then they'll have a large break. Mm-hmm. Very different than a wing who runs the lane. Maybe we'll go into a floppy action and cut under. So they're now running into another change direction and running, but the bigs now operate all within a framework of positioning that isn't even close to what the guard does. Sure. Is it is, um, you know, running sprints like that, is that just lazy conditioning as far as like being creative? Because you should come up with conditioning specifically for positions. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> the, the short because answer not, is yes. Not everybody should be running the same thing, doing the same thing on the, under the same amount of time. Cause we all play different spots. And it's just understanding generalness. Someone's coach might be like, well, Max, you know, I can't have, have a unique conditioning program for every person. Yeah. Why, why does he, why does post guy get out of this and we have to do it? And or even they it. might say, I can't make 12 individual conditioning programs for 12 of my athletes. And that's fair too. Right. Just categorize them. But typically what you're going to see in a big man is you're going to sh- see, uh, very short bursts of motion and movement. They're not mm-hmm. often running for score unless they're running on a lane. They're not mm-hmm. going to be taking the ball up the court and pushing the tempo. And so they're typically yeah. very linear in how they run. And then when yeah. they operate on defense, they have hard hedges and shows. So single burst steps. They're often uh, hands have to be somewhat up, very different up. than a guard because a guard because you can be running off of an actual trailing someone you're like sprinting in a motion but a big is often hands have to be somewhere near the hips because they're often using their length to either deter a pass or even block or get a rebound and then Mm -hmm. the friction forces so a lot of bigs get tired and they get tired in their legs because they're so good at running up and down but then when you bang into someone and bump into someone that's actually requiring a lot of friction your feet hit the ground that squeaky noise but also yeah. they're having to resist someone. So they're producing a decent amount of muscular force to try and maintain their balance. And so sure, um, it's like very different if you think about, and guards plays are very different. Like a certain point guard, if you're bringing the ball up the court and you're handling a press, there's a lot of stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. And that can be very yeah. tiring. And I think conditioning for the most part, for most basketball players, misses out in three areas. The first area is decelerations. So often we just run. But no one, you can look at the science That's when you behind get real it. real tired when you start stop and go. The stop and go, stuff. stop and go, stop and go. I will tell you right now, every basketball player would rather run one lap oh, around yeah. the track than they would to run up and back the lane line even. I always I always thought sidelines were way harder than full courts. Sidelines, because yeah. you're always going back and forth. I was like, these are so much worse. Exactly. And so that's one area. The second mm. area 
right? The, the, you have the deceleration. The second area is a maintenance of a body position. So like having to constantly, if you're dribbling a ball for seven to 15 seconds, which hopefully I'm not dribbling a ball for 15 seconds, right. but you're, you're being in, an, in a semi-active position. And that's where people's legs get tired. They don't have like the general, I won't call it strength, but we'll call it that for now to hold some of those positions. And that's when you start to see guys not use their legs. They start to bend over and they're not able to actually accelerate out of something. Cause think about basketball, basketball is about holding a position at times, whether you're on defense, whether you're on offense, and then it's accelerating out of that position. Very rarely is it this like extreme upright running. And that's the third area is people get obsessed with upright running and you watch a basketball game. No one runs upright. Never looks like that. No one, it's not, it's too short of a court. These guys are too big. By the time you get a rebound to the free throw line, you're not going to run under the hoop. So the idea we run baseline to baseline is hilarious because I've never in my entire life of basketball have run baseline to baseline in a basketball game. It's typically like right. free throw to three point line. Right. And so like, you know, one's running baseline to baseline. And those yeah. are kind of the three areas I would consider. So here's a question for you then. Let's say, you know, we have some people that are doing some lazy conditioning as far as how they structure it. I'm a kid. I can't change the way that my coach is going to is going to run me. Should I be conditioning preseason for what position I'm going to play or should I be conditioning just to get through these silly drills that my coach is going to test me on? That's oh, where that's I think a tough, some, that's a, yeah, that's a tough I, question. I feel like kids will get caught caught into that because there's some stuff obviously they should be doing but then like what can you do if your coach is just going to make you f- do these things. So we've entered the realm of does the general improve the specific and can the specific improve the general? And so <laughs> if I start to condition the way I outline the, the more sports specific way, is right. that going to also help me have the conditioning of a very general conditioning, which is kind of just running up and down, running up, run the sprints. Yep. And the answer is probably yes, to an extent. Now it's sure. probably just because if you think about the complexity of sports specific conditioning is far more complex you're doing these cuts change of direction yeah. stuff and it's still gonna uh you know a place of demand on your cardio respiratory fitness but maybe some other areas as well versus running up and down might just be more cardio and so you're sure. kind of getting the uh, addition of cardio with the specific stuff so sure. i'd be it'd be hard pressed me to say like oh if you just because coach is going to do sprints doesn't mean you should just do sprints for your condition. Yeah. And you won't do well either. And so I see a lot of like silly conditioning and practice where you see a big man will jump up and down six times, seven times and get a rebound. Then they'll throw an outlet pass and then they'll run the lane. And then they got to touch the backboard six or seven times and shoot a layup and then come back down. And the coach is yelling at them. And the question is, if you're working on everything at once, are you really working on anything? So why are we doing, why are we doing this very random condition, which I'm not sure how often a big man often gets a rebound, passes the outlet and gets a fill. Like it might yeah. happen once or twice in a season, like in a game. You're maybe. saying let's be a little bit more. Let's break that up a little bit and be more specific with. Yeah. If you're going to work movements. on rebounding, work on rebounding. If you're going to work on running, work on running. If you're going to work on an outlet right. pass, work on an outlet pass. Well, I think it's, here, well, here I'm going to stop you before I go any yeah. further. Like a lot of coaches, it's this like utopic view and they mm. want to train the things that they hope occur in basketball. Like I would right. love if my big man passed it out and ran hard to f- fill the lane happens right. never. Like it's yeah. just not going to happen. So why is my entire determination of conditioning going to be predicated on something that happens so rarely. Sure. 
Okay. I did a, I did a conditioning drill in the summer. I don't know why we're doing conditioning in the summer. It was, it was mixed with some plyo work, but it was a resistance, a resistance band. You start in the corner and he's got like zigzag dribbling, basically, right? You hit the elbow, then the half court line, then the elbow, but we just had to resistance band zigzag run in a, in that pattern and then go touch the rim, get a rim touch. And we just go up and back down. Um, how would you rate one through 10, something like that? That was resistance band running, change the direction, kind of, I guess. Um, and then a jump. Yeah, I mean, it's better than just doing something just extremely sprints. arbitrary, like just like sure. sprinting. Um, sure. It's not bad. But the question also people need to layer into the conditioning is what are you doing after as well? And what I mean by that is you can rank conditioning drill in isolation, like that's a great conditioning drill. It makes you tired. It makes you work hard. Does the right things. But then if you're going to go work on your skills afterwards in a hyper fatigued state, are you really going to actually improve your skills? Right. And so while I can say, right. sure, it's a great conditioning drill. It sounds like it's covering a lot of the bases. Is there a way to quantify improvement? Are you measuring time? Are you measuring jump height? Are you measuring speed of completion to actually know you're right. getting better? Or are we just doing this to do it? Yeah. And then if you're just doing it to do it, are you really running <clears> fast? your fastest, like if you're not competing, are you really going as fast as you would in a game? Are you realizing there's three cuts? So the first two cuts, you don't really go as hard versus in a game yeah. you're reacting to it. And mm -hmm. so anytime you can add competition, it would get better. So I don't know. I'd give it a 5.5 out of 10. Okay. Like I'm okay. a tough score. I'd rather have someone just compete. Yeah. Okay. So what, think about this too. Like I think some kids and players and coaches have this question. Would you do your conditioning? You're going to do conditioning after you do skills, right? Or after I would. you play? You would? As okay. long as it doesn't hinder. I would do conditioning as long as it doesn't hinder what we're trying to accomplish or get in the way of. So, okay. That's a good way to put it. Um, like a lot of coaches about, say, go ahead. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Brendan's going to kill us for these interruptions. My bad, B. What, a, what about playing? Um, do you think that's a good enough way to condition for players? If, if preseason, I'm just going to play threes and fives. I mean, people don't play hard enough normally. Okay. As long as they you can play, play hard, hard. yeah, you got to play hard. Try. And the biggest area is defense. It's the biggest area where people get lazy on and probably the biggest area of fatigue. No one's tired on offense. Everyone's tired on defense. And the reason is you might play a team that makes you actually move and be active for 30 seconds for 25 seconds on the defensive end. Sure. And they're running you off of screens and that's where it's most tiring. And when you play for an hour and 30 minutes and pick up, how many of those possessions are you actually trying on defense? A hundred percent, two, one, maybe like, and then, so how conditioned are you getting really good at going 75%? So you're getting good at just kind of not really getting good. Um, right. And that's the question you got to ask yourself. Same with lifting people go, should I lift before or after practice? Well, sure. if you lift before practice and you're sore and tired and it messes up your shot a little bit, even at all, and you're going to go shoot hoops to learn how to shoot well, well, because you're tired and fatigued, then it's, you're going to shoot in a different way. And they go, Oh, you should shoot mm. when you're tired. Well, that's stupid. Don't say that because here's why. If I go yeah, and lift weights that, yeah, it's dumb. Um, if I go and lift weights and let's say I do a bunch of bicep curls and overhead press. All right. Let's just say oh that's my a gosh. workout. Sick workout. <laughs> yeah. People do that. Right. And maybe, maybe they do some squats. Let's say they do some squats. Okay. They don't jump. They just do a bunch of squats and they go and shoot. Now their quads are asymmetrically fatigued to other areas in the body. The fatigue is not generally equal. The fatigue you play in basketball might drain. Let's say you play a basketball game and remember the old 2k games. We had the little fatigue meter and yeah. let's say we have a fatigue meter on each muscle. 
And when you play a basketball game, muscles fatigue at a certain percent. That's probably consistent between basketball games. So like after my basketball game, my quads are 70% ready to go. My calves are 60%, my glutes 80, whatever. So it's like your whole body fatigues and muscles fatigue at certain rates. Now I've just randomly done a bunch of squats. My quads are extremely fatigued, but nothing else is. So my body's going to be like, look, dude, your quads are really tired. Let me compensate and find a way. So we have redundancy, many different ways to solve a given motor task that is to shoot a basketball. So then you'll see someone change their movement pattern without even understanding why they're changing it because their quads were tired. And so if you're actually trying to, you know, mimic the fatigue of a game and then do your shots, that's fine because you have to do on court like fatigue and run. And I think there is a time and place to have to shoot under some fatigue, not shoot 150 shots, mind you, maybe Mm. some shots, but I don't think this like, uh, assumption that just lifting weights and going to shoot isn't going to do any harm because no one would say the opposite. Like no one would say, um, Oh, I'm going to go uh, imagine you're an artist and you go do a bunch of bicep curls and you got paint your, your, your stroke for your brush be yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And so just because we can't finally see it, like you would see the air is made of a paintbrush when you're really tired. Why shouldn't we say that's the case in shooting hoops as well, especially when it's just like asymmetrical fatigue? Is there a way to use fatigue in a positive way, or is I, there a certain is there a certain cutoff where it's just like we're we're too tired to do much? We need to rest. It's a good question. I don't think there's a clear cut answer. I think you can sure. You know what's the relevance of fatigue in your game? Like how many guys actually get that tired in a game? Maybe some do. Maybe some don't. And if that's the mm. case, maybe working on some skills when you are fatigued, but then you also have to remember you pay the piper when you get that tired. So yeah. like, how often can you get that tired and work on your skills? Right. It's really, that's a really like tricky line to walk because you're constantly getting that tired to work on your skills. How are mm. you recovering? You're basically imposing the fatigue of a whole game on you and then trying to shoot at the end of it. I don't know. It's okay. a very tough question. And it, also do people really miss shots because of fatigue? That's a great also like random assumption right. we have that people will just miss shots because they're fatig- sure like extreme exhaustion you can see yeah. it in some games and dudes are just absolutely trashed i've played basketball games my whole life i cannot remember the last time i like missed a shot because i was tired yeah, I, missed a I would shot. have to be like i'd have to be like hands on my knees like tired tired to really like fatigue i think it's kind of hard to describe you know i feel like that word is tough to describe maybe two hours in a pickup game i've shot some shots i'm like yeah my legs are gone but in a basketball game very rarely do you miss it because your fatigue it's footwork Mm -hmm. it's positioning it's awareness sure sometimes you just miss shots so so if if i'm going to work on my conditioning let's be uh position specific if i'm a coach adding being a little bit more specific with my players and putting them in different groups and then adding competition or some sort of uh way to measure how we're doing things is kind of the way to go and being thoughtful like not all players are having the same areas limiting their condition sure just because you're a point guard and if you really want to be a thoughtful coach not all players are getting tired doing the same thing so you can like ask believe it or not you can ask a player if they're Mm -hmm. fatigued like what a novel idea (laughs) i know we don't ask players that They'll say no, but you're like, no, I really want to understand. Like, do you get tired in these situations? When do you get fatigued? How does fatigue affect you? Um, Because it might affect players differently. And unless you know how it's affecting them and why they're getting tired, then we're just making these really large assumptions around the idea of quote unquote being in shape. Because 
coaches love to say, let's get them in shape, let's run them. And how many years have people ran and still not been in shape in the coach's eyes? Yeah. I don't know, eternity. Right. Um, so <laughs> how can we then assume that maybe that model's wrong? Why don't we just assume that model's wrong? And there's a lot of reasoning why that is wrong. And then we can use our thoughtful, critical thinking brains to come up with a better solution sure. to that problem. Sure. Yeah. What do you think about like five on O, come up and down the floor, run your lane, those type of drills? Whatever. Like, what do you yeah. think about them? I don't know. I mean, um, I've never as, gotten better at offense because of it. I've never gotten, right. like, you mean do it once or twice, maybe. I can understand I think it, like high school kids doing it too and just kind yeah. of like understanding spacing, especially when kids have never been taught spacing. Spacing was a big thing. Yeah. Spacing without defenders. I think, uh, or cones put out there, I think it's hard for youth players. Even for me, when I got to college, if the three on O movements and the five on O movements, just because I was just from the small town, ran a lot of sets that actually helped. But once you get, you know, halfway through your freshman year, especially your sophomore, junior, senior year, like, dude, why do we got to, I know that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to run outside the volleyball pole, get to that corner, then cut across. Like I know all, but those you movements. shouldn't run outside the volleyball pole sometimes. And I think this whole model is so silly. So let's just pretend we run should wide. Run. Is that what you're talking about? Let's just pretend we should run wide, despite mm. coaches not liking kids shooting threes and anyway fast breaks and you're running wide to get open for a three point shot. That's okay. Um, we are say, let's just say we want this thing to work. We've had so many coaches do five on our running around poles and so many coaches not have it work yet. We still mm. do it. Like how many coaches have done that and been like, yes, now we objectively run wider in our lanes. Like maybe there's mm. a better way. I'm not saying it's the, it's the worst way and probably a worse way. Right. To do it. But why don't right. we as a coaching society actually think about like, Challenge maybe some of those this drills, doesn't yeah. work because yeah. how many coaches have done that? And then the last week of practice, you're still doing the same stupid drill. And you're like, well, coach, if this worked the first time, it would have worked now. Like, can we stop doing yeah. this dumb drill? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of the theme with a lot of topics that we bring up is like, we have to spend time rethinking on why we do things and what they're actually giving us. And um, so here's a, and here's one a thing story. that I talked to you, go, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You got it. One, one thing I talked to you about kind of almost when we first met um, was just figuring out like, and this was, I don't know, two years ago or something, but just like, why are you doing things, you know, and are you getting results because of that drill or accidentally because of something else? And as a skills guy, I was just like, you know what? I think we all have to kind of audit everything, all these drills that we do and figure out like, is this happening because of this drill? Like, be, are we better because we're running weave and getting all these good passes because of weave or is weave just something my players are getting through just to get it over with? Well, that's a lot of credit to yourself because it's easy for some, like, why is this guy asking me this question? I remember we did it once and Reed was shooting step backs. And I was like, yeah. like Reed, why should you should step back. Yeah. And you're, I was like, well, you're, it, it makes sense. It was like time. a, it was like another drill too, though. It was like when he was really, really tired and like we were doing some sort of like shooting challenge and he just like couldn't get it. And it was brought up like, well, let's just take a break. Why do we have to get this drill? What, what's the point of, you know, I don't know, dominating this drill? Yeah. It's just, uh, I can come off, I guess, as an asshole by asking that. And so you took it very well. <laughs> like, you're like, why is this guy on my skill session asking this? Yeah. <laughs> because, it, you know, you could be like, this is you know, maybe an inappropriate place to ask it. Um, but I think we should ask those questions the same way you should ask, you know, Max, why are you doing this exercise with him? Or why do you think that's important? Because in the, the day, I'm having him yeah. do exercises to help foster certain skills. 
and if we're just doing random skills that are not being the success of that skill is not dependent on anything we're actually trying to achieve of significance, like whether or not sure. we can make X number of threes in this challenge thing. And then we just get really tired and it ruins the rest of our day. Like what's and the it's, point it's of that? Driven, it's just driven by, I got to get this done before I leave rather than I'm going to continue to get better for the next 10 minutes. It's just like, I, I can't leave the gym until I do this, which is silly. Too many guys tire themselves out unwarrantedly in the gym and wear it as a badge of honor. And too many coaches preach that as a badge of honor. And they say, mm-hmm. oh, you you got to wake up. You got to work out three, two times, three times a day. You have to do this, you have to do that. And no one gives any player any guidance. It just work really hard. And trust me, guys, I worked really hard and I didn't <clears> go anywhere really. And so the yeah. question is, is it work or is it effective work? There's a very famous, you ever watch SpongeBob? I'm assuming, yes. Oh, yeah. Remember when he battles Poseidon in the hamburger cookout? Yes. And Poseidon makes a thousand hamburgers and SpongeBob makes one. He's like making yeah. it with care and he sings a song mm. and puts the patty on it. That's the definition of effectiveness versus efficiency. The, sure. Poseidon had, was the most efficient cook there was. He made a thousand yeah, hamburgers reps. and he got all yeah. the things done. But none of the burgers tasted any good. SpongeBob made one hamburger and it made Poseidon cry. It was so tasty. And so often we don't ask about effectiveness because that's so hard. It's easy to measure. It's, it is difficult. It is difficult. It's easy to measure Especially how efficient you were. You can be like, I shot so many shots. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the irony is if you shoot so many shots and don't get any better, that was a waste of time. You're actually the least effective person in history. There's some guys. You might have been better just not even shooting. The fact of the matter is some days in your shooting drills, you actually probably would get better not shooting a basketball. I yeah. know many people have felt that when they've taken a time off, they come back and shoot and they oh, shoot. Oh, I said that in a podcast not long ago. Was I'd take a day off and I'd, I'd get the ball in my hands the next couple of days. I'd be like, damn, this feels good right now. Yeah. And so the question is, not everything, not every action we do yields a positive result. And the question you need to ask yourself, am I being effective? Or am I simply, quote unquote, measuring some realm of efficiency, which, you know, if you make the world's worst hamburgers, I don't care how many you make, no one wants to, they don't taste very they good. suck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because it, it, um, basketball training, especially like when we were coming up, um, and for a while still to today, uh, it's about reps. It's about, uh, working hard, like you said, but effectiveness I feel like that is a term and that's, uh, that's, um, it's hard for kids, I think to understand. And it's hard for them to know, like, was this effective and how do I measure that? Is it the next game I, I play better and I do a move that I worked on? You know what I mean? It's I tough. Feel like that's difficult. It, yeah. uh, there are a lot of unanswered things in that realm because people are afraid to go into it. We just yeah. keep airing on efficiency or not even efficiency, but something we can measure that maybe is totally arbitrary. And then mm-hmm. we say, oh, you can't measure effectiveness just because it's difficult. And then no one ventures into those waters. And so then no nobody one, goes to it. Yeah. And then no one can understand it. So we've constantly had people orbiting around the idea of effectiveness. And no one wants to go into that realm because it's a realm of unknown. It's like a mind. Yeah. It messes with your mind. There's, well, it's ignorance so is bliss. You rather yeah, just like, like let's, not let's know. ignore it and just say reps on reps on reps on reps. And what's the easy way? One way you can pretend to be right. And one way you can actually figure out what might be right. Hmm. Being effective, you're basically just being just like doing reps and reps and reps. You're <clears throat> basically admitting chance is now at play. 
Right. And versus like actually trying to understand what's going to get you better. And people get really mad. They say, well, you don't have an answer, Max, to what's effective. No, I don't. Otherwise, I'd be on an island. I'd be oh, worth tons yeah. of money. And I'd be in the NBA myself because I'd be so rich from training all these people on how to be effective. The question is, if you are if you don't know how it's effective, then you don't either. Because mm. I'm asking that question doesn't make me wrong. It makes the fact that all of us are probably wrong. Whoever, just- whoever's ignoring it. And I, I feel like the more you at least accept that and you don't hide from it and you try at least to think of what can be effective, even if it feels a little bit foreign and you're not sure, if you just keep trying and, and kind of auditing what you're doing, I feel like it's going to be better than just ignoring, obviously. You're just trying to get better. You're trying to get closer yeah. to right than, than closer to wrong. And if you're mm-hmm. just measure or just trying to do like reps and reps and reps and do all this stuff, or just arbitrary conditioning, Right. Yeah, That's yeah. the great example. Tie that together here. The arbitrary conditioning has no means of effectiveness. How many times have you ran people and you run them over and over again? And eventually they make the lines now because they made the lines. Are they playing any more conditioned in the game? Do you have any things that track that, that measure that their heart rate, the things that their movement velocities can you do things like their performance as a whole. Imagine if you got someone in better shape and their performance didn't improve. Did that actually help them play basketball better? The answer is no. The answer is no. factually no. And so people want to quote unquote, get them in shape, but it has no bearing on their performance. What shape are you getting them in? And people don't want to ask that question. It's just like, oh, you can't ask that. That's, that might show me I'm wrong. Like, So, okay. Last thing, cause I know we got to get going, but how will, I've always found it difficult, even for myself being fully transparent here to, to figure out like, okay, you have a client list, you have testimonials, you have people that play at a high level, but in the back of my head, I'm just like, and I'll, I'll see other people's client lists and things like that. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. To me, I just like, it doesn't matter because I probably helped some. Maybe I made some even worse. Maybe I didn't make them better or worse at all. Maybe I just was there for them. I have no idea. But regardless, a lot of these players, probably all of them will, especially the high level ones, would have gone high level with or without me. And I feel like whenever I felt a trainer or a coach lean on their successful players i always just found it like dude that had nothing to do with you was it every every success story has a thousand parents and every failure is an orphan that's, huh. kind of, that's how it works so people yeah. like it's a great stan van gundy had a hilarious line awesome. last night did you hear that game last night no uh-uh. i can't remember who was playing uh the hawks were playing and hawks and the maps yeah and I, this is no gas or no ding on the trainer so i apologize my friend i know it's not your fault you do a good job probably, but Stan Van Gundy was brought up that Trey Young got some shots up um, with his trainer recently, and now he's shooting mm-hmm. better. And it's the same trainer as Steph Curry's shooting. And Stan Van Gundy goes, that trainer sure knows how to pick the right shooters. <laughs> I could be Steph Curry's shooting coach. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would make you a, a full-on career right He there. said, he goes, I want to see That's the hilarious. guy. I want to see the guy who took uh, – Ben Simmons into a 75% free throw shooter. That's the guy I want to see, or I want to yeah. see the guy who took someone who wasn't going to be there and get there. He's like, yeah. no, no offense to the guy, but like saying you're Steph Curry and Trey Young shooting coach, you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's not as impressive as something else. Yeah. But you know, externally, everyone's like, that's the clients they work with. They must be this. They must be that. Exactly. Exactly. And no one has like any like backstory of attempts to be effective. It's just like, here are my clients and here are how successful they were. <laughs> and then therefore I know everything. And it's so silly because oh. you look at like true science and like guys who invent things, you can say, 
You no guy who said who's invented something be like, trust me, I have lots of inventions. You just never seen them. Like there's a hard, tangible thing. I made a light bulb. I made a car. I made an airplane. It's non-debatable. Mm-hmm. And the issue about ours is we're always vicariously through someone else, and so it's always we're self-justifying. Correct. I did this, and I'm responsible for this. You didn't like. You not give birth to the kid. Like the parents, I guess, are the ones who have all the all the credit right. to the success of the the athlete. Yeah, like you didn't. I make created it. this. <laughs> you didn't make the person. What are you talking about? Versus, right. and that's the difference between our world where we're dealing with human to human interaction and trying to use the same justification principles between that and like people who actually invent stuff and say like, look. Sure. They invented this, so therefore they know. Like that's not really true because it's not like the light bulb would accidentally one day make itself a light bulb. It had to actually right. be created. But this player with or without you, you don't know. So you could never measure the the null hypothesis or whatever, like mm-hmm. the, the separate outcome of was this sure. person actually helpful? And so it's very interesting. And you know, everyone wants to have successes, but no one wants to talk about failures and you know, yeah. bad for the brand or whatever. It's just unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So to tie it back together though, like let's just try and be effective. We're talking about our conditioning and some of the drills. Try and to all be that effective. Stuff. And uh, just yep. do our best to really think critically about some of these things. I so, love it, man. All right. So hang that's around great. guys. We got a couple of extra segments at the end of this. We're going to be doing a, um, can you stump max mess with Ooh. max? Shane's going to rattle off, um, you friends, my, you know, with old Pokemon days where it's guess that Pokemon is a silhouette. <laughs> now it's guess that basketball player. The rules are, I need to have a college from the basketball yep. player. Cause I don't know players from overseas. I'm going to try and guess that NBA player based on stats and their college and some fun things. And Shane's going to try and stump me. And at the mm. end of that, we have a bonus segment where we go into uh, drafting your favorite Disney Channel original movies. We're both 30 years old. We both grew up in the time where we loved Disney Channel original oh, yeah. movies. And so we'll stick that at the end of the, uh, the segment here. So for those of you here for the basketball, you heard the basketball topic and you can dip out now. If stick you'd around. Like, it's going to get better. Stick around because we have a little fun here and you can hear Shane absolutely butcher and <laughs> mangle his draft picks, but that's okay. So, all right, stick around. We'll get into those in a second and we'll take a break right now. Guess this player. I am 6'6". 195 mm. pounds, 24 mm. years old. I'm not going to say my alma mater because that might give me away. I'm six, currently six, 195 pounds. <laughs> it doesn't seem accurate now that I read it out loud. <laughs> 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 That's what ESPN has them right. <laughs> all right, all right. Wait at. Is um, he slender? Is he skinny? I'm not done yet. We'll give you some all more right. to it. I am shooting 30, 34.5% from the three-point line, 90% from the free throw line, and averaging 30.5 points a game. Oh, averaging 30.5? Am six, I? 6'6"? Six? Yeah, you can't look it up either. I'm not looking this up. 6'6", six, six, 195, averaging 30. Okay, come on, Shane. Shooting 90% from the free throw line. 34% from the three-point line. Who the hell is aver- who's averaging 30 a game right now? There's a handful. Shane is um, absolutely stumped by this. I feel like, oh, this game is going to make me upset. Oh. All right. You can, you okay. can phone, we can phone a friend here. You can, we'll, we'll go to alma mater. Okay, My alma mater is Kentucky. Ooh, Okay. I should have oh. given it away right there. There's a couple of guys uh, who could, I guess, fit that, but there's one guy in particular. 
Wait, how old is he? Because I'm thinking of an old guy. Not it's 24 years old. I'm shooting. Oh, fifty. He's got to be on like some. Uh, he's got to be on some average or low. Win, I'm averaging 4.9 rebounds a game, five assists a game, and shooting 50 percent from the field. Gotta be an all star. Oh yeah, Kentucky. Uh, 24. So he just came out. Uh, I am Shay Gilgis Alexander. Oh yeah, Shay Gilgis. There you go. Wow, that's he's not a, bad. He's a unique scorer. He's got a really weird game. All right, let me let me. Ninety percent from the free throw line caught me off guard. That's impressive. That's very good. Let me let me see if I can get a uh, a difficult one for you. Oh, Wait. you? I don't think it's gonna huh. be that hard to get a difficult one for me. Just take anybody. It's going to be kind of tough. You can't go obscure here. If okay. it's obscure, you got to throw in. I'll, I'll give you some. Yep. I'll give you some. Uh, okay. Because I just saw this guy pop up on my feed today. All right. This player uh, was drafted in 2016. Um, ninth pick, which I did not know. Uh, he's from Austria. Um, it says he attended Utah. 7-1, 27 years old. The Jacob Pearl. Yes, sir. They, did you I mean, see they just finish? No, I didn't. He said there's no my I know my college basketball. You throw you throw Utah yeah. out there. Jakob. Jakob, yes. Yeah. I I think uh the Spurs, I saw some posts, who knows if it's true. They're asking uh like multiple first round picks for him, which I don't know. No idea. It feels like everybody's af- after a bunch of picks right now. Which makes sense. That's the way it goes. They're trying to get picks yeah. so they can load up so they can trade. Uh coming. Well, they can right, justify right. they can justify losing so they can get Wimbanyama. All right. Next one. I am I won't give his origin origin. Mm-hmm. Like, his he's he's not he did not go to college in the US. How about that? We'll put it that way. Okay. I am 20 years old. I am 6'8, mm. 216 pounds. I was the sixth pick overall. I'm not saying which year. Right now, I'm averaging 16 points, six assists, shooting 33.3% from the field. 20 years old, 16 and six, 33.3% from the field. Hmm. I was the sixth pick overall in 2021. Who the hell is six pick in 2021? Oh, God. Okay, give me something else. Give me something else. One more. I am, one more. I am popular on TikTok. Man. I feel like I should probably know that then. I'm on TikTok all the time. Oh my I have no idea. Josh Giddy. No idea. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's good. Josh Giddy. God, I'm failing. It's tough. It's going to require some Brendan edits here to make sure we don't have dramatic long pauses. Maybe we can put some fun music yeah. in the back. Okay. I'm going to do uh, I'm going to give you a stat line. That's uh, very obscure. Okay. And see if you can guess who this might be. Is it a stat right. line a single game yep. or is it a single, single game stat line? I'll give you some other hints too, but I'll nice. give you this. All right. Uh, 12 rebounds, 10 assists and 10 steals. Um, it's either Ben Simmons or Draymond Green. 
<laughs> it's Draymond. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of two. There's only two guys who, who are going to have this stat line. So far, by the way, I'm demolishing this game. Yeah, you guys throw another it's one at two me. 2-0. It's 2-0. All, right, All I'll, right. I'll give you another one here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have it right here. I'm going to get my phone up. All right. We're going to him. I am 22 years old. All right, young buck. I average 20 points a game, 10 assists a game. I'm shooting from the field, actually from the three-point line, let's just say, 40%. And I average... Yep, he's averaging yeah. total points. What did I say? Two, what did, I, did I give you the wrong stat? I should have given No, I gave you the right stat. I'm always right. 20, 10, and 40% from the field. 10 assists. 20 points is. a game? Yep, 10 assists. 10 assists? Yep, he's I'm 22 a... years old. I'm 6'5", 185 pounds. Um... Freaking uh, Halliburton. Yeah, Harris. there you go. Let's go. Let's go. You got one. I, one I, I can't give you the uh, the school, otherwise that's an easy giveaway with him. I would say, yeah. Okay. Let me see if I pull up. Let me see if I can just get in the depths here. Let's see. I don't think if you gave me the college, I'd miss a player. Okay. I'm pretty you sure ready? I can name any I'll... player if you give me the college. Okay. You know what? I'm going to try it right here. I would struggle with a... Kentucky guys. That's like one team I would struggle with because it's such a random assortment of people. That steals, I feel like, is kind of a weird. Okay, I got one. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So I got to give you the college for this. He's leading the league in steals. So that's, he's you know, he's a good defender. He's averaging 17.6 a game. He's in the trade rumors. And he's 25 years old, 6'7", 232. Um, am I not getting the college or am I getting the college? You are. You are. I was just going to see if you could get it from that. He's nope. been in the league for five years. Indiana. Indiana, 6'7", 25 years old. This should be – you remember Stump the Schwab? This should be Stump Max right here. Stump the Schwab. That's, Indiana, that's wow. That's an interesting – he's 20, how, how old is this he? This is the segment. Mix up, Max. Uh, he is uh, 25 years old, Indiana. He's from the United Kingdom. I'll give you that. From the University of Indiana. Yes. They had a guy drafted. that They stunk He's, for so long. He plays like the 3-2-3, three, three, maybe a little 4. I have no idea. Uh, I might lose this first one. My claim to fame. I did not expect <laughs> I, I heard defense okay. and security. I was thinking like Lou Dorr, <laughs> Arizona State. He's kind of he's he's a Lou Dort. Yeah, type. you pull out Indiana. I guess like OG Anobi is the only guy who fits him. That's him. Okay, that's, him. that's the only guy who's been drafted in that realm. And I guess OG Anobi. Wow. There we go. All right, all right. Is he segment, leading the getting... league in steals? We're mixing up Max. This is the segment. That's, no he's way. one for one. How many steals? Two point two a game. All right. I guess that's that's we're gonna, not. We're that gonna move on. He's a big man. He could steal. I got another one for you. All right. Yeah. Please. Throw it at me. <laughs> If I get a college team, I'm gonna get. Right, so we'll get. I'm gonna give you five. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna give one. you five. Would you like to call it? Would you like the college team right away or later? Right off the bat, Duke. All right, eight eighteen and a half a game. Oh, I, you know what? You know what? I could probably guess it right there. My guess is Luke Kennard. 
No? No, really? Okay. He's, I think okay. he's averaging like 18 a game because I literally just looked up his stats. So go ahead. That was such a ridiculous shot. He was dark. picked to, to 2018, round two, um, 37th. Um, he's averaging six, 18 five, a game. 24 years old, 6'5", uh, I don't know, 209 pounds. He's from uh, – he went to Duke, been in the league for four years. Holy, 18 a game he's averaging. Yep, he is a good scorer. I really felt good with Luke Kennard, and I was really disappointed it wasn't him. I was really excited that I was going to get that spot on just out of the blue. I should get a timer out here because now I'm I am I a bit off so where I can choose. I'll, I'll give you some – I'll give you some college. Sorry, I'll give you some college. Uh, some college stats here. Um, he broke JJ Reddick's freshman record with 97 three pointers as a Blue Devil, 27 in eight. Not Luke Kennard. His dad played in the league for my beloved Timberwolves. His dad wasn't a great player, but he was in the league. Um, where did he? I mean, Luke Kennard. He's only, a, he only, is a two guard though. How? What's his height? Uh. He's six five, two guard. He's definitely a two. He's he. Yeah, is it really one of the Jones brothers? Maybe a two three, not a Jones brother. Nah, I'm I'm already. I've shot too many shots, probably at this All right. point. All right, it's I Gary lost. Trent Jr. Oh, you know what? Remember him? I do. Okay. Know. I watched him play last night. He's very. He yeah. broke JJ Redick's three point shooting record as a freshman. Yes. God, yes, he did. All right, that's that's the two. part that that's the part that threw me for an absolute loop because Gary Trent Jr. at that makes sense the point total he's at. Yeah, and it makes yeah. sense with the 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 three point prowess. I didn't know he shot that well in college. I watched him play in college. I don't remember him being a flamethrower like that. He's in the NBA. Yeah, you know? I, I'm gonna see if I can get. Uh, okay, this might be a good one. 19 two points a game. Five and a half rebounds, 5.6 assist, 6'4, 22 years old. He's from USC. He's 22? 22, USC. And what's the height? A game. Uh, 6'4, he plays like a one through a three. Kevin Porter Jr.? Yes. Wow, Max. Two there for three. He, there we go. That was so easy I didn't realize he's that up. old. I thought he was right. like 20 still. I feel like this one might be a little bit. He didn't finish his college career. I think he was suspended by Andy Enfield. Fun fact. I think so. I could be wrong. Two uh, two for three. Two more left. This guy's from UCLA. 6'9", 29 years old. I hate watching him play. 8.1 points a game. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I don't hate watching him play. Uh, Yeah, UCLA. Yeah, you hate Ryan. It's Ryan Anderson. Slow-mo. Kyle Anderson. Kyle, is that Kyle? I always get right. Sorry, Ryan Anderson. Sorry, former Cal product, Ryan <laughs> Dude, Anderson. I Space. think we count that one, Brendan. Give that's fine. Point. That counts. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah. I said slow mo. That's his nickname. Yeah, you did say slow mo. So I feel like that's automatic. Ryan Anderson's a Cal product who was the first stretch four. Remember him? Ryan, yeah, bro. Ryan had a strap. Okay. Let's see. All right. Let's get deep. Let's get a little deeper in this. Arizona. 30 years old. Oh, six one. Oh, McConnell. Six points. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, bro? What? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> how? How? You watch him <laughs> play in Arizona? You just know? I just know. <laughs> that was instant. Oh that was easy. God. That was that's too instant. easy. I have trouble. Right. Don't give me any Kentucky guys. I'm really bad at Kentucky because 
I don't watch them enough, and they're one and okay. done. And I had no idea. There's a lot of guys in the league who I like didn't realize played at Kentucky, that's, that's especially like awesome, the COVID man. year. All right, give me another one. I'm hot right now. All right, yeah, yeah, okay. Let's Pull get eighth Let man off up. the bench. I don't care who where you go. All right. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This one's tough. Uh, Georgia, six eleven. Nick Claxton. Twelve points a game. Jesus, bro. What? Nick Claxton. Got that one. Easy. All right. <laughs> you can just did to start. He told me not to go here. Kentucky, twenty five years old, not seven Greek. foot tall. What is it? Seven don't don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's um Nick Nick Richards. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, I gotta find. I'm gonna keep going until I. You literally can't get this. All right, here's a good one. Arkansas, 27 years old, six eleven, fourteen point two points a game, ten rebounds a game. Should get this on stats. He played at Arkansas, six eleven, big man, Bobby Portis. Right. Yes, like he just had to say it in his head. You see that, Brendan? Six. I had to walk. I had to walk through it, and I was like, ah, BP. This is the only guy. He's like a really big recruit, and then they didn't get anyone else. Does, it was very weird. Does like Max, does Max know this guy though? Washington. Oh, probably 2020 draft pick. Twenty twenty. You said six, 2020 uh, pick sixteen in the first round. Twenty one years old. And McDaniel's six, eight. Mc, isn't it one of the McDaniel's? No. no? Nope. Washington had a draft point. pick. Had six eight. Yeah. Washington's great to have just arbitrary giant. Wings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they just like have like they have these... this guy. Is, this guy is six eight. He's two fifty. So oh, well, that would give it away. That's beef stew. Beef stew. Should have waited for the beef size. Beef stew. But I, I think sh- we... yeah, I should have. I got to give you the. Uh, that's the on size. me. No, that's on me. He's six eight. That's all. I thought he was like six eleven. Okay, we got. Let's just keep rounding off because we can do the silhouette with these guys. Uh, Auburn rookie. I feel like that's all I want to give you. Seven feet tall. Auburn yeah, rookie, seven like feet Walker, tall. Walker, I say Walker Kessler. All right, let's get deeper. You know what? Just start picking like the depths of players. Find anyone. Mm. Minimal stats, even. I don't even care. I'm in the offensive rebound leaders. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm trying to get like who would ever be on this list. All right, here we go. TCU. Uh oh. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I can oh, go ahead. I'm pretty sure I know who it is, though. Can, okay. I, get, can I get a free shot right now? Is it Dean All Wade? Right, get, no, no, he's Kansas State. That's wrong, Purple. Yeah, that's a great State, arbitrary. That's a great arbitrary guy who I didn't realize was in the NBA. No hate towards Dean Wade. Dean Wade. I, Dean Wade. I saw him play. play. Yeah, he's good. But I saw him play, and I was like, oh, he's actually so much better now than he was in college. TCU, right, TCU. four years undrafted, six six two ten. Um, it's a very that's a very generic generic yes. nba style. that's how i would that's how i describe kind of his uh position as well right. i don't know where well, how old he, is he uh 28 years old so he's a little older he's been in the league for four years uh born in 1994 december 2nd 210 pounds from the u.s 7.6 game or points a game 4.7 rebounds a game he uh, is known his nickname is blank hustle I'm not gonna know. I don't know CC. I'm thinking Kenrich, Kenrich Williams. Yeah, that's a. You know what? That might be one of the hardest ones right there. That's a very, very difficult one. If you were to see the silhouette, 
That might that might be I would, that hair is very specific. That's very hair yeah. is very memorable. I'm not sure if that was like a head shape or a hair shape. I try, I want to find one that's like easier for easier for other people to guess, but somebody that might stump you. Okay, Texas <laughs> six nine. I didn't know he was six nine. I thought he was taller. Texas six nine, five years in the league, twenty four years old, third fourteen a game, about ten a game rebounds. Uh. First pick in the or not first pick, first round pick 2017. And he was picked 22nd. How much is he averaging? 6'9. 6'9, 240. He's averaging 14 a game um, and 10 rebounds. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. I gotta get you, I gotta get you a different stat too, because his stat that he's kind of known for is not there. Um, there's only averaging a, a decent amount of blocks, decent amount of blocks. I'll say that. I don't know where that stats at on this site, but Texas. How how old is he? He is twenty four, um, and he's been in the league five years. If you five saw years. his silhouette, you'd be able to pick it out. Because not Jericho is, Sims. It's not. Not Jericho. It's not the no. other big who played with him with the curly hair plays in New Orleans. No, it's nope. it's another big. There's a there's a third Texas big I'm not aware of. Shot blocker. Texas has just like perennial shot blockers. He's uh what their team uh their team's actually doing pretty well. I'm gonna lose. Um, I'm gonna not wait, get this one. Texas is destroying my this this text the state of Texas. Uh, TC, you got he's me. He's a set he's a center. Six nine. Yeah, you're gonna hate when I say it. It's I can guess it's like Robert Williams or something. Jared like, Allen. Jared Allen. He did go to Texas. I don't know. I always think USC <laughs> in my head. That's true. Oh, this guy. That's very good. That's you want to try an interna- international? Sure. Just throw a guy. I'm, I'm now defeated here. It's stupid Texas. State of Texas, <laughs> I lose, apparently. Yeah, Jared Allen. It's okay. a good pick. Uh, this guy is went to, last the school he attended was Edgewater High School in Florida. He's <laughs> 6'3, 23 years old, uh, 181 pounds. He's a two guard, and he's averaging 21. Point seven points a game right now. Four years of experience. I don't know. You went to IMG actually. You went to IMG. I have no idea. I don't keep track of. You can't give me an arbitrary high school kid. He went to some. <laughs> As Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons. Yeah, that's right. That's fair. He's good. Okay. Here we go. Uh, give me a college one that we can be move on to something else. Give me. Give me a All good right. one. A player who played in college. <laughs> I really didn't mean to do this, but I just randomly selected this guy. Kentucky. Gosh darn it. 2014. That's a while ago. 2014. He's 28 years old. He was picked number seven. 6'8, 250. Averaging 24.2 a game plus 10.7 rebounds. 24 a game? 6'8, 250. I mean, the only guy he's can even out. score in that much is Cat, but he's taller than that. He's not Cat. He's not Cat. He's a little, uh, he's, yeah, he's older than Cat. Bam out of bio? It is. Is that your last guess? Yeah, I can't do Kentucky. There's like a. It's like Julius what? Randall. How old is he? He is 28 right now. Gosh, he's actually a lot younger than I thought. In my head, Julius Randall's like 32. Oh yeah, yeah. He got picked up by the Lakers that year. Remember that? Then he got traded. Jeez Louise! Don't pick a Kentucky. Good round, though. No, give me someone's not Kentucky. That's BS. Okay. I refuse Kentucky. You're right. All right. I don't watch enough Kentucky. They have so many players. It's like one of 75 guys I got to pick from. 
If I said Vanderbilt, who do you think I'm talking about? Darius Garland. Yes. Okay. See, I'm not going that route. Sky Pippen Jr. All right. Ready? Yeah. Last last one. Last one. Not Kentucky. <clears throat> this player played at Utah. He's 6'9, 220. And he's oh, Kyle Kuzma. Years old. Boom. Kuzma. Kuz. Random Utah guy. <laughs> How about this? A best basketball scenes in non-basketball specific movies. Best basketball scenes and not okay. I got one. I have my best one. All right, you can go first. I have to go first because if you take it, I have none. All right. The best basketball scene in a non-basketball movie is Along Came Polly with Ben Stiller, where (laughs) Seymour Hoffman is tossing up absolute moonshots and just yelling (laughs) raindrop and just like hits the backboard. And then Ben Stiller's guarding the guy takes his shirt off, just face gets like belly rubbed all the way down that is one of my favorite uh basketball scenes probably ever oh my gosh probably that, ever no okay I even, well i don't even care about basketball movies that's the best one i'm excited for the audience to hear me dunk on you on this <laughs> so i got a couple you here have one better than that i got a lot first off the original teen wolf is the undefeated oh, yeah. non it's is that of, a basket isn't that a basketball movie though it's a very. I mean, there's a lot. That's of a narrow line, so we're, we'll we'll give it a pass. We'll say it's a basketball All movie. Right. That's a good movie, though. The that's a great Team movie, Wolf, though. Team Wolf. He's the best basketball playing actor. The guy yeah. who plays Teen Wolf clearly could hoop. Doesn't but... he do like a front flip dunk? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so outrageous. <laughs> it's absolutely hysterical. It doesn't actually make any sense. The the movie itself, like he's just like playing basketball with the wolf, and people just accept it. I'm actually going to screen share this with you so we can watch mm. the best scene, which is from Snake Plissken, Escape from L.A. I don't know if you what? know it's Escape from L.A. Basketball scene. And it's I. It's hard to... Can you hear that, my audio? Yes. Okay, cool. This actually kind of works. So this is the commercial, so sorry, Brendan. I don't know if we can play this. We're going to play it anyway and dare them to take mm-hmm. it down. This is the best scene. So basically what happens is Snake Plissken is flown into L.A., which is overrun by, it's like some dystopian future. And he's trying to, he gets what? caught. What is this? He gets caught somehow. He's like, he has like an eye patch. It's great. It's just a great scene. It's Kurt Russell. And he has to. Oh, my goodness. Like, man, I've, seen, I've seen you share this. <laughs> like he has to like make a certain number of shots in order to like survive. So we're going to watch it here together. All right. Oh, my God. So here we go. Yeah, I missed the rules. We'll go back. Two hoops. Full court. Ten-second shot clock. Miss a shot, you get shot. Shot clock buzzer goes off before you shoot, you get shot. Two points for a basket. No three-point bullshit. All you got to do is make ten points. That's it. No, no three-point bullshit. By the way. <laughs> Nobody's ever walked off that court alive. Nobody. Why is this in this movie? He has like X amount of time to try and save some senator or something. What's this movie called? Escape from LA. And it's taking place like in, what is it, the Rose Bowl? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Coliseum. I I gotta see Drew uh, or Kurt Russell's. Oh no, he bobbles it. 
He only has 10 seconds to go full court, and he's in like high heels and leather pants. With his, like... All right, good, good handle, not bad handle. <laughs> now, if you do this in real life, it is so easy to cover a full court. In 10 I like seconds. how he tossed it ahead. That's a pretty classic move right there. Toss ahead. Staying at the ball. For three. It's a tough one. Oh, oh my God, that's ah. disgusting. Hey. So somehow. How is he getting super time fatigued? Now? Nice shot. He's getting Steve Bashimi in the crowd. <laughs> what? He's getting tired. The half court shot. Oh, bang! Oh no. One more shot to make. He's so fatigued. Look at the clock. Four, Four. seconds. Three. For some reason it took him seven seconds to run from the half court line to the baseline. The crowd. Littered with guns. Like why is crowd. this in this? Why is this? Hurt! Throw the ball. <laughs> the oh my god! Is that real? How many times does that take? <laughs> That's actually a great question too. <laughs> oh my gosh! They can't believe it. They they play this game all the time. <laughs> Nobody's ever done it. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. That's a great one. Is it not? Okay. That's like... Well, that's, yeah, that's definitely obscure. That's, I've never seen that in my life. I want to know how many people that actually just witnessed that clip. How many people have actually seen that outside of just today? The current... be a very low number. I have a picture of my backcourt. It's a picture of me, Kurt Russell, and Teen Wolf. It's like, <laughs> it's like my all-time backcourt. You remember the uh, Disney movie Double Teamed? Oh, that man, let's fire that one up. Just everywhere. Here's the move. She's got swing it. One more. One more. Wait. Wide open. What are you doing? Oh. The clock five. Four. Down by one. Oh. Go to the hoop, sister. <laughs> what are you doing? She knows it's Why are you... the TF2. You're wide open and you just get into a triple threat when you're wide open. <laughs> yeah. This little rocker step. Look at them the kicks, coach man. Is, it's just chaos is ensuing. Good move, good move. Nice shimmy rip. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> no, what are you doing? Go! The clock's running out. Still shimmying. Oh, we need to do TikTok the, on this. I right love here. the defender. Wait, let's just go back real quick. I love like the the late defender appearance here, where no <laughs> one's guarding her, and then oh, she, I should probably go guard her. And then ah, oh, I'm here. What a good oh, closeout, dude. And she's gonna fall for the move that she was currently doing. Oh. Oh, see ya. Oh, <laughs> behind the back. Oh my! I forgot. By the way, the back. horrible pass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back real quick. This is such a reckless play to make. You're first off. You could have taken the shot. Then we go to the hoop. We throw behind the back pass, one. and it's look at this. I gotta make a play in the corner. Look at her neck this. right there. Look at her neck. That's oh. not. That's not in a shooting position. That's a bad pass. No, your sister not even bails anymore. you out. Bad. That, what a terrible block attempt right there. I know. Horrible. Bl- <laughs> That's straight cash, homie. Oh, they didn't do the classic like ball rolls around the rim for an hour. That's very good. That's, <sighs> That's a very good. That was scene. exhilarating. Okay. You ready for this draft? All right. Yeah. I'll let you go first. All right. Hold on. I have, I'm ready to go. There's a couple of good ones, some underrated ones, some classics. All right. Are we doing five? How many? No, do? Three each. Three. Okay. My, okay. First round draft pick 
Disney Channel sports movies is Luck of the Irish. Oh my goodness. Yeah, okay. What a Listen. wasted pick. No, no. <laughs> Gosh. Insta bust. No. Are you, are you kidding? <laughs> Amy, it's a good film. Everybody's favorite basketball movie when they were like 12 years old. We're the same age. So like we saw that movie. That the that, dunk, like the dunk years. scene was pretty cool, but then remember he yeah, loses man. it. And... Oh. It's basketball, no. That I don't know who that actor was, but he was he was big time back then on Disney Channel. That's like uh, a draft pick we got Michael Jordan, LeBron, all these greats, <laughs> and you just picked like just a guy you liked, like a good buddy. Like I got people. I, I know some people in the comments are going to agree with me. Luck Brink, of the Irish. Brink number one. I'll pick Brink. Brink is that even? I guess yeah. It is. So first off, that's a great. That's a, there's two number one picks Brink. you have gone with. Okay, Brink Brink's is good. one Brink's of two. Good. Team Pumpin' Suds versus Team yeah. Edgeblade, whoever it is. That's a great movie. Brink. That's one. That's All also right. an all-time great. That's going with like, mm-hmm. oh, do I pick Larry Bird or do I pick Magic Johnson? Just okay. all-timers. All right, so you go ahead and waste your next pick. <laughs> yeah, there's only one other option you should pick second right here. That this should have been the first pick. Pick pick, pick number two. Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. This and is I, no, the I, single worst draft. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. This is horrible. This, I can't. Do you like movies? A, a story of a of a dad that's a parents that are pressuring their kid to play too much, you know, and he just wants to get in the kitchen and do his thing, his passion. And he does it. He does it. And it was inspiring as a kid. That's the wrong pick. Um, shout out. So, shout out to Eddie for uh, a following. Pick. I'm so happy. The guy that I'm actually embarrassed picking this, <laughs> this late because it shouldn't have fallen this low. Johnny tsunami, which shouldn't be yeah. number two. It's arguably number one. Johnny tsunami is lit into my lap at number two. So thank you. That's number two. So I'm, my third pick is just a free pick at this point because I'm already one. Pick your third. Throw throw away your third pick while you're at it. Pick under wraps. Go ahead. No, no. It's going to be uh, – I have two. I have two, but I don't know. Yeah, this is a Disney movie. This is a Disney Channel movie. It's potentially could have been the best one ever. So I, this is a major steal for me. Pick number three, The Mighty Ducks. That's not a Disney Channel original movie. What? So wipe it's that gotta out. It's got to be – it's got to be. You can't just pick Disney, Disney movies. Original? You can't just pick Disney movies now. Lion okay. King. <laughs> Wait, Star Wars. Right. Like, hold on, hold on. I'll find. I'll find one. Hold this on. is horrible. Disney Channel movies. You're gonna lose your time to pick. There's a couple. There's one other movie hold that's top tier one. There's actually two. I just had it. I just had it. Hold on. I got to get back to my list here. Where is it? This is the single worst draft oh. pick I've ever heard. Please pick who I think you're gonna pick. Do it. I'm not going to. The Big Green. That's also the not big... a Disney Channel original movie. This is. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Disney Channel original movies are made by Disney. This is. You're just not like picking hockey players in a basketball draft. <laughs> you just pick Disney movies. The Big Green is not a Disney <laughs> Channel original movie. There's a very specific. Ma- there's there's under many... wraps. There's Phantom okay, okay. of the Megaplex. There's Don't the think. Smart House, which is my next pick because your time got up. Smart House, pick number three. You, that's not, that is not a sport. I thought that'd be a sports movie. You said pick a Disney oh, I got, Channel I got, original I got movie. One. You just wanted to Disney. Okay. And then you're All picking. Right. Pick, here's my pick number three. Motocrossed. That's not Motocross. That's not good. top three by any chance of imagination. Well, you're I just picking it. sports movies. You could have picked um, Xenon. No, that's trash. It's Xenon's an amazing. It's an all-time classic. Smart movie. House was better. I picked Smart House. That's what I did. There's okay. also many other good options within that. But you decided to pick. I'm going green. motocross. I'm going to stick with it. 
motocrossed. Okay. Who's your number three? I pick Smart House. Okay. So I got to pick four. So I got Johnny Tsunami, Brink, and Smart House. And you have like three arbitrary throwaway ones they made in between these shows. Luck of the Irish, Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. And Why would you ever pick Eddie Million Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff? I I literally thought we were doing sports movies. <laughs> You're the one who set the rule, rule to pick best Disney Channel original movies, which is a very specific brand. And then you pick. Oh my goodness! What movie is that? It's one with snow. Snow day. Snow day. Snow day. You pick snow day. That's not even the right Christmas one to pick. The right Christmas one to pick is one with Brian Cranston, which is the one. They get the little time machine and they go, not the time, the little Santa's machine that freezes time when they capture stuff. Brian Cranston. Uh, what? What is this? What are you talking about? Disney Channel original movie. It's the right Christmas one to pick. Snow Day is horrible. Snow Day is the one where they get the, the, the snow machine, right? It's a yeah. horrible one. You picked the wrong Christmas one. This is the single greatest blob of a draft I've ever seen in my entire life. What about, uh, okay, so that was my fourth. I'm sticking with it. Snow Day is great. I, I went and, and to counterpoint point your holiday one, um, the basketball one was far better. The Hanukkah one. What? The Hanukkah, the Hanukkah one. basketball one, which is far superior. Oh my God. I don't remember that. Is, yeah. You clearly don't remember many. The ones you're picking are just the first one that comes <laughs> to your head. Okay. I got to pick one more and it's not Xenon. That's trash. Xenon is bad, man. Why would you want to pick that? You could pick Halloween Town, which is also technically a Disney Channel original movie, which is a great movie. But it's okay. okay. I'm going to cap it off. Even Stevens movie. Even Stevens might be the most elite Disney Channel show. And then they made a movie. Yeah. And it was great. And it was not a good movie. And I'm sticking with that. That's my top five. That's what you decided to pick. You got to pick fifth. What's your fifth? You really went with the Even Stevens movie. What is Full Court Miracle? I'm seeing that on That's my the list one. Never... That's Full the Court, Hanukkah one. Full Thank Court you. Miracle. Good one. Okay. Great movie. All right. What do you I get the What's fifth one? one? I'll just like. High School probably... Musical. No. no. I was going to just take um, Halloween Town because technically it's a Disney Channel original movie and it's a very good movie. Listen, you got me a Johnny Tsunami. I'm not going to lie. When you hit me with that one, I'm really upset I didn't pick that. That's yeah, I, I would be upset too, to be honest there, with you. I thought they made another one too. Maybe not. 